Here's how to catch another common if-then fallacy. Welcome to Critical Thinking Skin, where we look at how you can think about any faith-challenging message and arrive at a biblical, logical conclusion yourself. I'm Patricia Engler, and today let's look at another type of formal fallacy or invalid form of logic called denying the antecedent. This is another faulty type of conditional argument. And as we've been talking about in the last couple of episodes, conditional arguments are based on if-then statements, like if you have a dog, then you are a pet owner. Remember, the if statement is called the antecedent, which people often represent with the letter P. And the then statement is called the consequent, which is often symbolized with the letter Q. In this case, P is the statement, you have a dog, and Q is the statement, you are a pet owner. Now, denying the antecedent means showing the if statement, P, is false, in order to argue that the then statement, Q, is also false, using the structure, if P, then Q, not Q, therefore not P. For example, if you have a dog, then you are a pet owner. You do not have a dog, therefore you are not a pet owner. Does that argument sound reasonable? No. There could be other ways to be a pet owner besides having a dog. You might have a cat, or a chinchilla, or a small hairless aardvark. So the conclusion you are not a pet owner does not necessarily follow from the given premises. And if an argument's conclusion does not logically follow from its premises, the argument is invalid. Now, you might have noticed that denying the antecedent is the opposite of the last type of faulty conditional argument we've looked at, which is called affirming the consequent. Both argument structures are invalid if there are other ways for the conclusion to be true besides the given premises. Now, let's think about some cases where faith-challenging messages might involve denying the antecedent. One example which Dr. Jason Lyle gives in an article you can find linked to this video goes like this. If we found dinosaurs and humans next to each other in the same rock formation, then they must have lived at the same time. We do not find them next to each other in the same rock formation. Therefore, they did not live at the same time. This argument might sound persuasive, but is logically invalid because it denies the antecedent. There could be other reasons we don't typically find human and dinosaur fossils together, as you can learn from the linked resources. For example, Dinosaurs and humans may not normally have lived in close proximity. Or humans might have been initially better equipped than many dinosaurs were to escape the rising waters of the flood described in Genesis, which would have buried most of the dinosaur fossils around today. As another example, here's a form of denying the antecedent which one of my textbooks basically accused creationists of using. They said, but creationists say, if we observe one kind of living thing changing into another, then evolution is true. We do not observe one kind of living th thing one kind of living thing changing into another. Therefore, evolution is not true. And worded like that, this is a fallacy. If it implies that the only way for evolution to be true is if we can directly observe it. And as my textbook pointed out, there can be other ways to confirm something besides direct observation. So, is it a fallacy to say evolution is false because we don't directly observe one kind of living thing changing into another? Not if we show why we don't observe it. Like you can learn from the linked resources, mechanisms like mutation and natural selection do not produce the functional new genetic information required to evolve one kind of creature into another. So a better way to present this argument is, only if natural processes can explain the origin of living things' genetic information is evolution remotely possible. 
but we do observe natural processes completely opposes this idea. Therefore, evolution is extremely unlikely. This argument still denies the antecedent, natural processes can explain new information. But by showing there is no other way for the consequent, evolution is true, to be true, without denying, without that antecedent, the argument is no longer a fallacy. For more on how to think critically about any faith-challenging message, you can access my other CT scan videos packed with tactics, tips, and tools that helped me as a Christian student at Secular University. Thank you for watching.